Welcome to Connected Conversations. I'm really grateful that you're here and sharing your time. If you like the conversation that you hear, please like it and share. I'm Emma from Unique Phoenix. I'm a soul coach, energy healer, well-being guide and an unapologetic, curious soul. Connected Conversations is here to bring love, healing and connection to our everyday lives through open and authentic conversations. Every single conversation I'm privileged to interview women and men in our communities that are here being their authentic selves, sharing their unique talents with the world around them. I'm going to let them introduce themselves and then we can get to know them and what they offer much better. My name is Chris Hall. Uh, I'm a entrepreneur of 20 odd years, uh, sort of playing around in the uh, uh, in the business of tech and uh, and all things sort of happy, loving things. And uh, currently working with uh, the city of Casey uh, on a startup innovation uh, program um, to be able to help other business owners navigate their way through uh, the uh, the fun stuff of life. So great to be here. Welcome to Connected Conversations, which is here to bring love, healing and connection through and to our everyday lives through open and authentic conversations. And today I'm joined by Chris Hall, who is an absolute legend of a human, a guru when it comes to startups and also businesses that need to pivot. I've personally worked with Chris through community projects and my own business pivot as well. And know that if you're in business to start up and to really promote and be passionate about what you do, you're going to walk away with some absolute gems today. So welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. Absolutely. When I say absolute legend, because you're so generous and I don't just mean with your time, but also with the information that just pours out of you so generous about what you offer people and and you're so happy and and extremely gifted in what you do so we'll just let you fit into the screen now because i've talked you up a fair bit but you know chris has definitely helped me in my own business so look i just i'm so thrilled to be able to share it with you guys today um I want to start with your business background because I know a little bit of it, but it's pretty interesting. And the path that led you to work with the city of Casey to work in council. So thank you for having me, Ms. Emma. It's uh, fantastic to uh, to be here on a on a Friday afternoon. Uh, it's cold outside, so I've got my nice coffee, <laughs> and uh, couldn't imagine a better place to be on a on a Friday afternoon. Excuse me, I've just swallowed the wrong way. <laughs> For those listening, sorry to, and for those watching, sorry to see that. Whoa, I'll just take my day to the side. That's never happened before. Yes, you're right. We are here on a beautiful Friday afternoon. It's actually when Connected Conversations gets released, but whenever you're listening and watching, it's going to be a good one. So how, we're like 20 years you've been an entrepreneur. So can we get a little bit of background? Look, if you if you say entrepreneurs are born, then uh, it's forty seven years an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, look, uh, you know, over twenty years in the um, mostly within the, the consumer electronics industry. So, um, mm. really, as a as a passion, uh, the kind of uh, through 
you know, early uh, teen years all the way through to when it started to work out, there was opportunity to be able to tie passion with uh, with money earning. Um, we kind of moved into the, the world of consumer electronics and um, and then through that path, uh, basically sort of came through the uh, the whole world as we're, we're seeing it come together now with the internet 2.0 boom and um, so the, uh, the birth of smartphone and then where that was going with uh, internet uh, connectivity, so the Internet of Things, big data, cloud connections. So, uh, as you said at the, the start, not what you'd call a, a linear career path. Um, it was more, uh, oh, there's something uh, interesting uh, over there, and <laughs> drive, you know, curiosity drive me uh, to those corners of the universe. Uh, just really found myself uh, exploring exploring different paths and opportunities along the way. So, um, and yeah, it's, it's really only on reflection that you get to, to sit back and they always say you, um, you, know, you, you remember the, the romantic kind of honeymoon moments, um, the, uh, the best and uh, kind of forget about the battle wounds and the scars along the way of, of which there's many, it's part and parcel of, of being a business owner. But um, I've, I've got to be say, I've got to say, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have been able to work with uh, a lot of really clever people along the way um, who have taught me a lot of stuff as I've gone through that journey. Um, and, um, and yeah, really just sort of learned to navigate that piece through, uh, which now allows me the, the, uh, the role that I'm doing today, uh, which is actually working with other entrepreneurs and um, hopefully, um, yeah, avoiding some of those battle scars um, that, that I had to, uh, to endure um, and, uh, yeah, get them to, um, uh, to, to really see that what we call a, a vision to version uh, pathway because uh, uh, as an entrepreneur you're wide in a way to kind of view the world of of seeing problems um, mm. so you you start to sort of form a vision around what that would look like um, and then ultimately taking that to a version and um, yeah that's the the exciting little world that I like to, to live in is that uh, early stage bending molding uh, you know the world around you uh, to then form opportunities out of that. So. I love that because it's so true. Your own journey, I mean, even in you know the soul work that I do, um, yeah, my shitty little path of life at times, you know, allows me that privilege and honour of working with someone to, you know, amalgamate all that information and all those lessons that I've learned into giving them a nicer package. And, and you know, like you said, to absolutely avoid perhaps some of the pit holes. But wouldn't you agree? I don't Well, not wouldn't you agree? I don't like to lead people, but... Aren't some of those pitfalls like the best bits? You know, do you want to avoid them fully? Because, you know, if it's all sunshine and moonbeams. It's a very uh, a very Buddhist way of, uh, of looking at it. The, uh, <laughs> the idea that life is struggle and, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's where the lesson to learn is actually going through those stages of dealing with struggle and understanding what that, that looks like. Um, look, yes, you're right. I think... Um, you know, ultimately, uh, it's about um, probably not avoiding the pitfalls. Uh, it's about um, soft landings. Uh, I can put it another way. So yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So that that idea, and it's a very Silicon Valley way of kind of thinking, where they use that term "fail fast, fail often." Um, but it's really built into this culture and idea of uh, run. Um, you know, run as fast as you can and kind of, uh, you know, make stuff happen and, and, and have momentum there. Mm. Uh, but fail fast, fail often. What's really the core basis of that idea is that inevitably not everything is going to work. Um, in fact, I remember uh, a fantastic interview I saw uh, years ago, um, uh, Eckhart uh, Toll, uh, and, uh, and he said it beautifully. He said uh, he could review every movie ever made with just three words, 
And uh, those three words are shit goes wrong. Um, and he said, <laughs> if, you, if you think about life and the struggle of life, that's effectively this, this strange dichotomy that we have within us that, you know, we require certainty, but we crave uncertainty. Um, so we, we would require that piece to us, the kind of, okay, I get it. I know, I know, I know what I can lean on, what I can't, what I can take for granted, what I, you know, mm. the, the pieces in your life that you kind of know with, uh, mm. you know, with mm. certainty, um, but we crave that level of uncertainty that, that allows us to have the, you know, the spice of life, the, the variety piece that you need. So, um, but yeah, ultimately, uh, yeah, as I said, it's a very Buddhist way of looking at life to say, you know, allow people to evolve through the struggle, but, um, yeah, look, that they're part and parcel of I mean, you're really, you're really talking about um, ego versus soul because soul is ever-changing and ever-evolving and, and likes the mischief of life and, you know, the curiosity and, and, you know, but the ego is like, no, let's keep things the same because I feel safe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't like change. <laughs> but when you've got the two working together, so, I mean, in business, that's a beautiful it's a beautiful way to look at it, actually. I've never looked at it like that. Oh, my God. I just learned something. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and I was having a very similar conversation with somebody else the other day and, uh, you know, made the observation that I, I truly believe this, that uh, entrepreneurship and, and um, uh, you know, being a business owner is actually the, the ultimate form of self-discovery. Um, there's really, <laughs> there's nothing else in life that will present you with the same kind of challenges that you face as a business owner. Um, so that whole piece around having to lead with empathy. Um, so every problem that you're moving into, um, you kind of lean into that space, not just looking at it through your lens, mm -hmm. actually getting an appreciation of that lens of others. Um, and then driving all of that decision-making in by curiosity, um, recognizing that there is always more than one solution to the problem. Um, so allowing yourself to be able to think laterally as opposed to literally. Um, and then combining that with the ability to be able to to empathise, um, generally speaking, you'll you'll go through life using those skills, um, you know, intuitively. Um, but what business will do is actually force you to use those skills, where you need to kind of bring yourself back into check every now and then. Um, otherwise, yeah, you'll head in the wrong direction and kind of wake up one morning and say, "How did I end up here?" Yeah. Well. And it's so easy to do, like as, you know, and also it's part of that backing yourself, isn't it? Like um, you can easily get distracted and stuff. And I absolutely was so good at it last year, like looking. And, I, you know, some of it was really good distraction and it allowed me to open up. But others I was like, I'll look back and think, what are you doing? <laughs> like, no, that's a no. Don't do that. Um, so, yeah, you've got to have that. Yeah, I like that the vision to version because, you do need to come back to a wire, you know, I think in most conversations with anyone business related on here, there's always coming back to the why, you know, why are you doing this? Because like, if, if it's not important to you and you don't know why you're doing it and if it's just for money, mm -hmm. it's probably not going to be. <laughs> so, and, and even within those two simple words of vision diversion, there's also, a, I guess, a deeper understanding that's needed within that as well that, um, uh, you know, when we, we talk about vision diversion, we're, we're talking, first of all, that, that very defined, clear understanding of where it is that you want to go. Um, and as amazingly simple as what that sounds, um, you know, you'd be very surprised how many people 
haven't quite developed that yet. So, so it doesn't necessarily always start up with waking, waking up with an epiphany and, uh, and following that, that journey, you know, defining that vision piece and actually having um, real clarity around that. Uh, and version is by definition, not perfection. Um, and that's the other piece that, that needs to be recognised within it. So as a business, you know, where do I start on this? You know, if you're aiming for uh, perfection, you'll always fall short. So vision diversion is about saying, well, what is it that I'm actually trying to do here? And how do I come up with a version of that that then allows me to be able to do the same thing, rinse and repeat over and over again in many different iterations. Um, yes. Yeah, no one, if anyone's listening, you're not going to see my face go, oh my God, yes. <laughs> like that was a big moment for me a couple of years ago to to look at what I do and to go, oh, I can actually apply this in other areas, but not change what I'm doing, the purpose of it. The So that was really interesting because as a coach, I think you're kind of, you know, encouraged to have lots of different stuff going on and, and to look like you offer lots of different stuff. Um, but really I offer, you know, there's three main areas that I work within. <laughs> so like, that's what I do. <laughs> and they can look in different applications, you know, like, but really it's what I do. So, <laughs> and recently I brought it down to soul and gone, actually it's soul work. And there's three ways I offer it and I can offer it to different audiences though. So, you know, that was like <laughs> mind blowing. I think, uh, you know, even um, uh, you mentioned earlier about that, that ego piece and, uh, you know, I, I congratulate you on using ego in its, um, in its proper reference there um, of more so identity, um, you know, as opposed to, um, uh, you know, that, that piece of arrogance almost that people see ego as. Mm. Um, but as a, a, again, as an entrepreneur, there's actually pieces of both that need to coexist, which is a, a very strange place to, to live sometimes because, you know, that, that identity piece, again, you know, needs to be very clearly defined, but there almost needs to be an unreasonable expectation of your abilities to be able to deliver um, on something. Otherwise, you're constantly going to be faced with the uh, the imposter syndrome uh, that sits behind that. Yeah. Feeling I'm moving into areas that are not necessarily meant to be or, or what I want wanted to do um, but you need to have this sort of grounded self-confidence um, that gives you the ability to be able to push through that when the world's kind of saying to you you know you can't do this you can't mm. just step out and say yeah okay well, that's you're talking about soul there. So soul's the curious confidence, you know, piece to you that says, eh, do it anyway. Don't worry about it, mate. You'll be fine. And it's your ego that says, oh, I don't know about that because I don't know how it's going to work, you know, like, and it gets all, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I talk about ego a lot in work and I have to keep saying to people, I'm not saying you're egotistical. Mm -hmm. Ego is our personality. It's just part of who, how we exist in the world. So you know get to know it roll around in it yeah. um but it's when it's running the show it's not um the best part of it because you can't move forward if you're living through ego you just cannot but soul it's also curious that it just goes oh look there's a little bird flying over there ah oh, that feels good i'm gonna go have a look at that oh there's an ice cream truck let me go you know that's the soul oh look there's a tree growing you know like it just <laughs> It's fascinated by that. And so that's, you're right, in business, that's really hard to marry. I want to ask you, though, because I'm mm -hmm. super curious, being um, an entrepreneur myself, mm -hmm. um, working with, working for someone else, you went from being in your own business mm -hmm. 
to them working in the city of Casey for a council. And, you know, like, let's be honest, that's just not working for somebody else. That's like working for a mass organisation <laughs> that's, you know, Australia-wide, essentially. Like, even though it's its own little entity, it's still running off what the rest of the country is doing and federally. And so how did you go going from that to that? Um, as with all things uh, on my, my path, um, completely unintended. Um, and, uh, <laughs> That's the really, song! Yeah. <laughs> and really it was, uh, you know, for me, it was, was very fortunate timing. Um, I, I kind of ended up in circles that were, um, and again, we can go some amazing deep places with this uh, with this call and we'll see how long we've got to, to do I love so. it. Look, I, I ended up um, really at a point where um, I ended up where I thought I wanted to be. Um, so as I say to everyone, you know, be careful what you ask for because it might come true. You know, I kind of ended up at this point where I was um, uh, working with the Mayo Clinic out of the US, um, you know, which was a very sort of um, data-driven organisation where they wanted to look at that commercialisation path around how they could take some of that data and turn it into to physical objects. IoT it was built around wellbeing and, mm. and purpose, but um, uh, you know that involved working with um, uh, with teams out of the US, uh, development teams in um, in India, um, and then trying to work on an Australian time zone. You know, literally putting in 18, 20 hour days. Start your morning at the three and you kind of finish at uh you know nine at night so um mm -hmm. so we kind of uh ended up in a world that i thought this is everything that i wanted to do yeah it's smack bang in the middle of that intersection of uh uh of you know new stuff and uh, being able to apply skill and working with teams and um and then yeah very quickly off uh you know multiple sprints within that that cycle um felt a sense of burnout uh, that came with that so um uh, you know spending a lot more time traveling back and forth having a family um doesn't really sort of sit with that whole work-life balance for you know whatever you you apply that definition to be uh for me it was just simply i wasn't seeing enough of the people that i loved mm. um, which really is is a, a non-negotiable um so um yeah so always um as far as uh uh, here in our backyard goes we we moved down to the city of casey uh over 20 years ago so i remember when when we moved in it was uh very much the the end of the line um it was kind of you know i'd say to friends uh oh, living in uh, you know berwick and they say oh, where's, where's that so, you know the third turn right of the tree and yep. left the lazy cow and uh, you'll find our house on the hill it's uh yep. you know now it's it's grown massively it's one of the biggest growth corridors uh, in australia um, so what that, that inevitably means is that uh, you've got a lot of really clever people uh, down here working on some great stuff. So fortunate timing for me, um, you know, whether it was just fortunate or fate, um, I just happened to kind of uh, sit back and say, okay, what, what opportunities are available closer to home? And uh, by looking at that, I was um, uh, lucky enough to find that LaunchVic uh, had actually established a, a grant funding opportunity for building up the startup ecosystems in north, south, east and west of Victoria. So ah. I'm very, very much a, a cluster focus within the, the CBD mm -hmm. um, and a fragmented community that sat uh, outside of that. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I kind of uh, sat back and thought, well, you know, this is really an area where you know, I'm, I'm always looking and saying, am I adding value? Um, you know, am I, am I contributing towards something here um, that people are getting value from? And, and looking at that, I thought that maybe that's an area that I can kind of add some value to, yeah, and uh, and do something within. So that was literally um, uh, funding there from the state government for a 12-month program uh, to get up and running uh, on the idea that then the, the reins would be handed to 
the local government agency that would take that program and continue to, to run that. And uh, again, had this conversation with someone just recently and, and joking that uh, I've now learned that it's a bit like Hotel California. So you can check in anytime you like, but you can never leave. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> that, that 12 month uh, agreement turned into now what is uh, coming up on four years. Um, so, uh, yeah, and it, it continues to grow. Uh, when you talk about the differences there in terms of going from the business world into the mm. um, obviously very different. The, the, you know, first and foremost, I remember uh, a very early stage meeting where I kind of sat in the room and got uh, anxiously excited when everyone was talking about uh, short-term outcomes. Um, and so instantly I go into that mode of, right, okay, what are we doing? Go into to beast mode here of let's get this together and make it happen. And that realization that their short-term outcomes they were talking about 12 months 24 months 36 months <laughs> thinking, uh, days and they're thinking in, in years so so government does work at a different pace but understandably so they need to have that that bigger picture thinking around where everything's going um with a justifiable outcome and mm. um, to that um but not dissimilar in a way that ultimately is very much a case of building communities. Um, so as with business as well, it's kind of that effort that think of, um, hey, I've got this, this idea, let me give it a go, see if there's something here to play around with. Uh, it's now my idea I'm sharing with the world. You kind of build a tribe uh, underneath that. People start kind of, you know, working together on that and it, it, it becomes something bigger from there. So no different at all when uh, working across that community thing, that uh, it's about building up that, that connection and collaboration uh, with people. Yeah. Which you've done. I mean, you're like your connection across the community and it can be seen because I probably met you. Oh, I, I think probably met you in the first year of you doing awesome. that or year or two. And um, you could already see that your connection in the community was so such a wide net at that stage. But I do want to ask you, so, uh, you know, to say that you are an uh, a really impressive networker, <laughs> really impressive. And also you are a connector. Like when we're talking about what people do in businesses, one of your greatest skills has to be not saying it's like you haven't got amazing other ones. Let's not take those away. But I know, I know. But connecting people, like it, it's a pretty phenomenal skill to be able to connect skills and you know, even not managing personality and all that kind of stuff, but understanding what who would work well together. And, you know, I love that you do all of that. But I, I do want to ask, because obviously that was something you were like, oh, great, I can add some value to startups. But four years on, you're still there working in council. And, you know, I've worked in lots of community projects for the past probably six or so years. And, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting area to work around mm -hmm. and in. What, what is it? What is it that makes you so passionate about working with startups? Like, why? Because <laughs> yeah. it's well, not um, easy. It's not easy starting a business. It's not easy keeping your business going. So, what is it about working yeah. in that? So, um, a, a couple of parts to that. I mean, if 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 I had my my choice, I would would always. Um, be working with with startups and entrepreneurs uh, wow. because that, that electric space um, when you go from uh, you know I, I think this might work as an idea and, and how do I make that happen and I, I love that piece of kind of um, I think I you know the, the member seeing again a long time ago uh, Steve Jobs you know kind of talking about that 
that moment when you realize that, that all of life that, that you see around you was created by people who are no more smarter than you. And, and once you realize that you can you know, bend it, you can mold it, you can influence it, you can contribute towards it, um, there's something special about that. Um, and so when you find like-minded people who are wired in the same way and they, they, they see that ability to be able to, to contribute something back, um, that's exciting. So, mm. so given the choice, um, I would always be working with those new ideas, those, those that, that electric space of formation uh, into to something. Um, but that said, the one of the biggest reasons why I guess I am still here mm. um, and doing the work that we're doing is that um, uh, COVID, um, uh, that, that little thing that happened the, along the way. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, just that little bleep, you know. But yeah, look, I mean, what what that did was uh, significantly um, disrupt uh, the world. So yeah, you know, without without talking it at that macro scale, even. But um, uh, you know, entrepreneurs are constantly. Um, if you truly have a new idea, um, you're looking to disrupt, um, and that level mm. of can often be difficult because people tend to live in patterns of business as usual. So um, in a world where everything had been just broken apart, um, it was then a matter of looking at it and saying, this is prime fertile soil uh, for entrepreneurs and new ideas and innovation uh, to be able to, to play a part. Um, and that's really where the role has gone now. So when we look at startups and we say, well, ultimately, what defines a startup? So what is that separation between a, a small business owner mm. and a startup? Um, and it really is that that use of emerging technologies, emerging trends, emerging ideas um, that will potentially sort of change uh, the way that we do things or the way that we, we think about things. And that is ultimately where we're at collectively as a world right now. Um, so... <laughs> With how you want to call that the you know the big reset the you know the great pause there's there's lots of you know different uh, what's the other the great awakening oh that's my favorite my favorite's the great awakening <laughs> I, I like that, that. <laughs> um, but look at however however you look at it I think you know ultimately what that's suggesting is that um, you know coming out of that um, there's there's opportunity um, and then coming out of that allows us the ability to be able to build back better um, yeah. and I think that that disruption allows us to be able to say well. You know, we, we were always aware of climate change and, you know, how we should be sustainable. But how do I do that when I'm, you know, Emily can't come into work today. Uh, you know, our payrolls are due. Um, have we run that marketing campaign? Oh, well, I've got to do this. And um, where are we at with product build? Like, that's the world that you live in as a business owner. Mm. Um, and then somebody comes in and talks about sustainability. You say, I love it. It's great. I love the earth as well. But not right now. Can we talk about it next week? And, you know, meanwhile, three and a half tons of, uh, of waste. Uh, pile up on our shores and you know and 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 that's the world that we've been living in of kind of um everything was too complicated to bring into the fabric of business as usual and this magic opportunity and time that we have now um as devastating as, as it has been uh, on this rebuild is the ability to be able to say well it's already broken apart so while we rebuild it why don't we fit this stuff in together or where it actually should fit? Um, so can your business actually have a, a social cause? Um, can you look at maybe bringing in some of that altruistic, um, you know, endeavour of being able to actually offer back to your community in a way that might have been difficult before because it was not what your business was designed to do? Mm. Um, you know, is there opportunities there to 
to really do those things that seemed too difficult before. And I think the, the answer for most businesses would be now's the time um, to, to consider that. So, so I look at that really as that opportunity of, well, innovation is a necessity for the rebuild because we all need to think about how to do things differently. Um, mm -hmm. We also need to recognise that the world has changed as well. Um, so we all, again, intuitively know that we've all changed somehow through this, this COVID piece. Um, maybe some of us are going through you know, stages of grief still. Um, so we, we might be angry about that. We might be in denial, we might be in blame, that you know, everyone's still in a different space around mm. it, but, but we have changed as, as people. So, you know, to, just to consider for a moment, well, what impact does that actually have on the decisions that I'm making as a business owner? If I've changed, how is that actually reflecting in what I'm doing for my business? But then also recognising that in all likelihood, your customer has changed as well. Um, and so where does your business sit with that changed customer? So there's a lot of pieces to unpack in that yeah. that I don't think necessarily happen overnight. Um, yeah. And so I think those, those that's the bit around, uh, you know, started for 12 months and four years later, I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> is that the, the role is constantly evolving uh, in that respect um, and sort of moving into different stages. And yeah, inevitably COVID kind of accelerated some of that um a, a little bit further but um yeah yeah i mean it definitely did in my business and and you were like uh, definitely a good kick <laughs> a little push in my back to make me look at my business in a really different way um which is really are you and you're right it is such a different platform for and even presenting with businesses it's it's not the same process anymore. It's, you know, there is that um, opportunity to go in and say to businesses, look, <laughs> mm -hmm. you've got to change, mate. <laughs> like, you can keep going the way you want to, but, you know, like we've all changed and that's going to start to evolve. I call it evolving. <laughs> You're calling it innovation, but my human aspect, because I'm not in the technology realm, um, is evolving and people are evolving some moving through grief as you mentioned massively however many people are starting to evolve and look at the world in a different way and you mentioned before you know just that that, that point around having that balance with family and work and you know sustaining 18 hours a day is great when you're in this like you know single no anyone around me but when you've got a love tribe that you're within <laughs> You want to hang out with them and uh you know you want to you want to be in their company so you know that's also i'm um, segueing into a question here but it's happened naturally <laughs> i love that and it's because well when we talk about when we're talking about that kind of balance within business i refer to it as well-being when i'm speaking with clients because um you know well-being is a mind body soul thing and businesses have that as well because we've got people working in them mm -hmm. so whilst we have people working in them what's some business well-being advice that you would give that's a big one um <laughs> i know i wrote it going hmm, i don't know where this is going to go because i mean obviously it's going to be very bespoke for the type of business you're talking about um and uh what you know what kind of challenges they're going to be faced with um i think again there's going to be some um some universal things that we, we all need to consider here mm. um and there's a lot more conversation around now on, on mental health um you know generally speaking 
still kind of confined to this idea of sort of anxiety and depression. Um, and, you know, understandably so. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're creatures that need to simplify complexity. Um, so we kind of, if we can put a label on it, attach some generalizations and assumptions underneath, then we can box it as an idea and say, okay, we get that. You know, now we'll let's uh, discover something else. So I think this, this idea around, uh, you know, recognizing that, that mental health is going to be a, a key piece of that um, coming back to the, the workplace, yeah. um, getting your people back together and working together, um, but then not just necessarily looking at it as a black and white kind of issue of, uh, oh, they're anxious, so they don't want to come back to the office, or, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit sad at the moment, so that's early signs of depression, but the complexity underneath that is is is... Is, is overwhelming for most businesses, so they, they will want to simplify it. But on the positive side of that, um, we're talking about it, yeah? Um, mm -hmm. So now there's a lot more understanding and a lot more appreciation of that, that sort of mental health piece um, within the workplace. So I think, um, you know, it, it sounds very wishy-washy to say, uh, approach your rebuild with, with gratitude and understanding. Mm. Um, it doesn't need to be a piece of that. Now, kind of looking at it and saying, well, there's something to be learned around what happened here over the last two years. For many, it's, uh, it's a simple thing around dependencies and contingencies. So a business that always happens, they're dependent upon. Mm. And um, you don't really stop and pause and look at those and consider what contingencies would be. So, you know, your plan B um, for all of those dependencies was never really something that you needed to consider. The rainy day hadn't come, um, but COVID came. And, and all of a sudden, we were looking at those rainy day plan Bs and many businesses discovered they didn't have plan Bs. Um, they didn't have that, uh, well, that's a massive dependency for our business. And now we don't have that. What do we do? Where do we go? So, so when I say gratitude, it's, it's looking at it and saying, well, what this opportunity has allowed me to be able to do is to sort of look at that um, and to be able to say there's there's areas that I need to work on within that. Um, and then really that that compassion piece that needs to be carried through um, into there. Yeah, I mean, these, these are life conversations, not just business conversations. I've just I dealing agree. with people, yeah. Of, uh, I agree. Uh, you know, that, that, that piece around it. But I think that's going to be such an important part of business moving forward um, is that, that, that appreciation of people's circumstances, situations, and, um, yeah, what that all kind of looks like when you when you build that all back yeah because really i feel like um, for me what i'm i'm picking up what you're putting down is you're talking about injecting the human back into business because it feels like for a while that we've kind of forgotten about that and people have become numbers and you know checking in and your time and you know how much time do they spend on this and this project and that project and it's all been about you know what's happening out here and the work and the you know the keep going but we've actually forgotten that there are humans behind all of that and you know for some people i know out there working in roles that weren't affected apart from working from home working in the office um their workloads became a lot bigger um and longer and you know their processes you know certainly um yeah became a bit of a, a minefield for them so the human 
I agree with you going forward has to be what we consider and there's still businesses out there so many that don't actually put the human into the amount of hours people spend on things and the connection that they have and how they're connecting and what that looks like and gratitude and compassion I mean they're two values that I teach because yeah. they need to be <laughs> Um, we often take things for granted, you know, like you said, this is how business runs. And, but once you put the human in there, there's a, it just changes the perspective so much. And, but I, I love that you're talking about mental health. Um, I, I really look for the day that, um, and I absolutely put my hand up to be part of that is looking for soul health in a business because businesses have a soul. They have a reason why they're doing what they're doing. They couldn't keep going without it. And that's the soul of the business. And underneath that soul of the business is more souls <laughs> running it. <laughs> and then underneath that is more souls buying it. <laughs> We've talked about this before, but I, you know, I think there's a lot of, I think it's great in that, well, that's what happened because a lot of businesses are starting to wake up and understand actually it's a little bit more than what we anticipated and not in a more bad way but we've got to put the human back in and it's why i love the the body of work that you're doing emma it's uh, you know, it's that piece around i think you know, inevitably what you find in every crisis uh is there's uh, uh I'm, I'm picturing the meme that kind of said you know the uh uh, the the pessimist sees the glass half empty. The optimist sees the glass half full, um, and the um, the opportunist um, just takes the glass and drinks what's what's left. And so I think what we're what we're going to find is that uh, you know through this crisis is that you're going to have uh, you know the the, uh, the pessimists. You're going to have the uh, uh, you know those who kind of look at the um, uh, the positive side as well. But then you're, you're going to have the opportunists who come in um, and kind of build a platform around that that mental health piece and. Um, you know, I think what, what's required to have these conversations, um, again, that, that recognise the complexity that sits underneath that. Um, and it's it's such a great time to be having it, yeah? Like, you know, had you gone in with some of your core ideas into business four or five years ago, um, it, it had come across very kumbaya and kind of, uh, you know, let's all skip through the fields and, uh, you know. Yeah, let's slap some fish on people. Yeah. No! <laughs> <laughs> And I think that you know the, the timing of that was because we, we were in a very different uh, different state again university I'm talking here so you know kind of now the opportunity is to really look at that and it's going to be people like yourself who have a um, a very deep toolkit um, of understanding to be able to dig into mm. um, and to be able to kind of walk people through that journey and then fit it in with a a commercial acumen um, as well. So um, and it requires both pieces. The, you can't sort of be heavily weighed on that. You know, capitalist endeavor commercial kind of piece because it's ultimately not focused on people yet you can't be completely focused on people without that understanding that ultimately you know this needs to fit into company objectives and outcomes so so it's going to take that appreciation of both sides to really um you know help on that piece which is yeah why i'm a big supporter of the, the work that you're doing so yeah and i think that's a part of it you know when you're going in and understanding that there is a business component there is a, a structure component of it um and but being able to have those challenging conversations around with business owners to draw them back into that's all great <laughs> and yes you need it but where's the human in that <laughs> Because yeah. there has to be the human. <laughs> um, 
um, and helping them see that aspect of it as well. But yeah, thank you. I absolutely, I love what I do. Um, and definitely with your support and working around it, it's helped me see, you know, how much business understanding I do have anyway <laughs> and can draw into it. But I, yeah, I think you're right. I think, and that conversation is going to get deeper around mental health because we've you know we've put the slap this little label on as you said mental health but there's just so much that actually sits underneath it that you know that's why i keep talking about well-being because you know we've got to have that holistic perspective of not just you know the person but also the business and you know the con the customer and everything that they're doing in there and that brings business well-being but I do love that. And I know that you talk to businesses about that all the time because you're also talking about that what's your business well-being, having that contingency plan, plan B. What if this doesn't work? What if this? <laughs> but I you mean, know what? There's no more like we're not going, oh, that'll never happen. <laughs> what <yeah>. if? <laughs> um, yeah, if anything the world has shown us over the last, you can no longer say that is the, uh, that'll never happen, yeah. You know, pandemics and uh, talk of uh, nuclear and uh, geez, lots of conversations. Um, look, I, I think um, to the, um, it, it does tie into that, that sort of understanding of mental health as well, but uh, the, the emotional intelligence piece um, has such an important role now <laughs> and more than just companies as well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it and thinking that uh, again, considering that we now have an opportunity to reconsider what things look like moving forward um, as we step into the defining decade you know the one thing we can expect in the next 10 years is a lot of change um, and I'm I'm firmly of the idea that it, it may not it will potentially be my kids kids um, you know kind of talking to them and saying you know you realize your dad you know, used to wake up in the morning and, and go into a, a building um, to learn from a person. Um, and they'd spend, you know, six hours there and then they, they'd come home. And, um, you know, that, that one person you know, with the knowledge that they had was kind of solely responsible for that level of education of, of one person. It, it's such a bizarre idea when you kind of think about that in the context of the world that we live in. Mm. Um, so the, the access to information now and what we have available to us um, I think that was one of the signs or one of the, the things that really came out of the last two years, watching that um, remote learning piece. Um, and, you know, thank God for this format, yeah. Uh, thank God for the ability to be able to have video as well as audio and, and learning management systems that sat behind all that. Um, but I think it did show us that, that idea, as it did with the workplace, that, um, you know, there's opportunities to kind of reconsider what places and spaces look like and the way that we, we do things. So, and so ultimately, if we are going to relook at that, that education piece um, as to, to how we do that and how we manage that, I think one of the things we need to talk about is the, it's not about um, becoming more knowledgeable it's about the application of that that knowledge um, that needs to come into learning um, so you know elon musk is the, the one who says you know you can sit someone there all day and tell them about this is a screwdriver and it's uh, you know a place like this but just give them a screwdriver and we'll see what they're going to do with it yeah mm. um, and, and give them something to work on and they'll quickly learn you know exactly what a screwdriver is about so and so i think there's that level of application of knowledge that we need to, to look at Again, this is a conversation in business too, not just education. Mm. Um, but I think the the bit that we still miss this uh, today is um, emotional intelligence education. 
Um, and that, that recognition now that, you know, the, no longer the, the days are gone where you would, uh, you know, leave school, start a job, uh, work until you get the gold watch and then, um, you know, sit on a beach and drink my time. Um, that, uh, you know, the, the, that, that, that perception of a career path is um, has mm. completely changed. And, you know, what we're going to find compounding that is the fact that technology is moving so quickly. Um, and with that rapid uh, change, you know, somebody who comes in who have spent four years in uni to become a, uh, um, uh, you know, a lawyer, uh, all of a sudden finds that uh, a computer can actually do the job of a lawyer, 80% uh, of their job, uh, you know, much better than what an individual person can. So, so we're going to find that the career choices that people make are going to be rapidly changing so quickly um, that just a basic level of resilience um, within that, that where is that taught? Mm. Um, the schools aren't teaching kids how to be resilient. You know, They're not, they be, don't have the capacity of it either, and uh, nor do as a parent. I don't know about you. I don't want my school necessarily teaching that. Well, they do. There are some parts. Oh, look, I won't go into it, but I don't agree with what they teach around emotions because I actually know it, and it actually teaches them to be afraid of negative emotions, and I don't like that because we have feeling. We can, we can, that's a whole different conversation. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very passionate about that uh, because I do teach emotional intelligence and the way that I teach emotions is vastly different to anything I've seen. Well, I know it is because so, I've looked, um, but I agree with you. And here is the other thing. We're talking about having technology. Without the level of emotional intelligence, you can't decipher on here what's real and what's not real. You cannot. And has that not been something for me anyway, that's massively been highlighted, there is a multitude of people out there still not able to go real, not real, because emotional intelligence is not something that we've fostered. It's not something that we've valued. And so it's not kind of a high, it's a high level skill, but it's kind of low in low use at the moment. We all have it. Like you and I highly emotionally um, use our high um, EQ. Absolutely. However, that's something that we've fostered and learned and, you know, and people listening, there'll be people out there going, oh, yeah, I use mine. Absolutely you do. If you know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. But um, for those that aren't aware of it, it's, look into it. I would 100% look at whoever you come across because it's going to transform your life and we can evolve as much as we want <laughs> with tech. But until we evolve from within, we're going to, I feel like we're just going to keep plateauing, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, that's a big because, statement. I get it. <laughs> I just made I it. And I, I think the, you know, the, the scary part that underpins all of that is that um, uh, you could mention any topic right now, random, completely mm. random. I could type it into Google and we will we'll get every article, every opinion, every piece of information based around mm. that. Um, what needs to be recognised is that if we both Googled it and if we both shared our screens, we'd have different results showing side by side. So all of a sudden now this echo chamber that we live in of these devices that we lean so heavily upon, <clears throat> one thing that Google hasn't done is allowed me to be able to jump in and say, what would you like to search for today? And say, who am I? The scary part to that is that Google knows. 
they, they already know to, a, to a point. Yep. Like they, they have literally been measuring all of my activity. They, they, they and for anyone who's, who's listening, you can actually do this very easily. Mm. Um, be able to get the report from Google that has all the data that they store from you. Um, so you can submit that across and they'll send it to you. It's a big file, I warn you. Um, if you've been on, on Google for a while and using a, a Gmail address, so definitely. Um, but what that does, it, uh, it, it, it scares you into knowing that um, the, the assumptions that they're making on who you are are scarily accurate. Um, you know, it knew my, uh, my age, which let's assume they kind of got that from somewhere I put a birth date in. Um, but even religious upbringing, um, my um, political inclinations, um, like these, this level of kind of understanding of myself a statement to say something that requires you a moment just to ponder upon is that computers now know you better than you know yourself. Um, that, yes. That's kind of scary when we, when we, we rely so much on technology and if we're completely blind to that fact, mm. then all we're seeing is that level of influence coming through that's reinforcing. And you know, we're all aware of that kind of, you look at something like black lives matter and, uh, and some of these big, mm history that are happening and you see these people fighting and they're, they're talking about the same thing yet they're they're not agreeing and, and it's because they're living in these echo chambers of kind of you know the information that they're fed they believe that the world is seeing the same information in the same way uh, and yeah. learned that a long time ago that uh you know if you you want to be able to move into any kind of um if you're feeling hard done by you need to recognize that uh the other person has made a decision based on the best information available to them and for the best outcome for them. Um, and when you stop to realise that you're also making decisions in the same way, um, that it's not an attack against you, it's not a, they're purely just making it with the information that's available to them and the best outcome. Now, if that information is different for both you and I, then we're going to make different decisions inside of it that we feel are justified. So without that level of emotional intelligence, which starts with self-awareness and self-regulation, then all we're going to get is that level of influence coming through mm. without actually being able to understand how to position that in the context mm. of what's real and what's not. So. Oh, just to be able to filter and discern the information that's coming in. And uh, I mean, look, that's <laughs> a different conversation that we could have, but teaching my clients body awareness and of emotional intelligence is massive because one of my clients said to me recently she goes it's like i've got a bullshit meter now like within me that i just you know something comes at me and i go man it doesn't feel right to me yeah. but i also understand it doesn't have to feel right to everybody else either so you know that's one of the four agreements don't take anything personally boom i mean you know <laughs> Okay, so I want to ask you then, because yes. I feel like we're kind of moving towards this anyway, what would you say are the top three skills to learn as you begin a business? Ooh. I know, let's just narrow it down to three. I know yeah. it's not fair, but I reckon there's a top three. Um, yeah, and, and we've probably touched on a few, a few of the ideas already, but um, uh, first and foremost, people first. So. You know, understanding that, um, you know, people buy people, people don't buy products. Mm. Um, so, you know, get used to, to storytelling, uh, I think is probably tip number one, that um, uh, you know, everything is built on, on storytelling. I, 
uh, you know, I almost feel that we need to add a piece of recognition around our, you know, we have that Indigenous uh, acknowledgement piece at the start of all formal events where we, you know, we, we acknowledge our, um, you know, our Aboriginal, our Aboriginal heritage, uh, you know, emerging leaders, uh, past, uh, present and uh, you know, coming through. But I think that level of, uh, when you look at, at, at innovation um, at that level, um, that, you know, some of these... Um, uh, some of these cultures had. I mean, look, the boomerang, yeah? Uh, mm. The it kind of, uh, you know, have that, that ability to be able to say, okay, I, I need to hunt. Um, I need to hunt at a distance. I need to throw something to hunt at a distance. Um, I don't want to have to run and chase that every time I'm, you know, so why don't I make something that I can set at a distance, throw and have come back to mm. I mean, That is <laughs> mind-blowing to think that somebody went through that process, you know, developed that, um, and it's something so unique to our culture and conditions and environment. So, and I'm, I'm using this example, I'll kind of build the three pieces into, into the mm. example piece of what I'm saying. But, you know, that, that, that piece around kind of, kind of looking at things in terms of, well, you know, what problems need to be solved um, and, and the solution that I'm, I'm building here, um, is it more than just my problem? Um, you know, so first and foremost with that, that, that people piece is that, um, you know, understanding that you the, the very first thing you need to do is start talking to others um, you know because if you you start sort of building in this uh, this little kind of closed world of, of confirmation bias um, you know you'll you'll end up building something that'll be great for yourself but yeah. not very uh, for the rest of the world so, mm -hmm. so that, that first piece of the, you know sort of problem solution and how that, that fits in but I'll bring up that that other example with the um, you know, with the Aboriginal piece that level of storytelling um, and that, that ability to be able to kind of, you know, convey a message across and, uh, and to have a narrative piece and to have the, you know, the, uh, the, the classic archetypes of, you know, character plays in there. If you look at, you know, the, the spiritual connotations that they put upon animals and places and, and people and, you know, you look at the stories that sit behind that and what is trying to be told in those, those stories. Um, you've really got to respect that um, because there, there was lessons that they were trying to, to get across to, to people that the best way to do that was to do that by giving examples of the world that we see around us. So storytelling at its best was done. You know, that, so we, we automatically default to that. I've got to be a content creator. I've got to jump on TikTok. I've got to do a silly dance. I've got to get attention. You don't, you know, you just, you, you, your storytelling ability, um, you know, needs to be first and foremost to that. And it doesn't require, um, you know, fancy, you know, kind of technology or the next new platform to make that happen. It's about connection with people. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, I sort of you know talk about that innovation piece, and I talk about that storytelling piece, but community and collaboration. Um, you know, mm -hmm. if you look at how these tribes existed for thousands and thousands of years uh, before we came and thought that we could do it better, um, you know, the the way that they did that was community and collaboration. Um, and so ultimately, that was about you know, well, how do we work together on this? Um, you know, if you're doing this a hunter gather piece, that you know, however you want to break that down, but it was that recognition of roles recognition of we're all playing a piece a, a sum of parts but we have a, a responsibility within that that you know all of those sort of different pieces around everything that's represented within that is part of that scaling of a business is part of that growing how do you go from just a you know a small idea into that a collective of you know 20 staff and a thousand customers and turning over a million dollars a year and you know you, you can't do that without considering 
what role does everyone play within that? How do we connect? How do we collaborate? How do we make that work? So, so I'd say, you know, short answer is to, um, to not make up new rules today, is to look back at the rules from thousands of years ago um, and apply those to business today and say that it's ultimately about storytelling um, without chasing the next new shiny thing. Uh, it's ultimately about innovation in the terms of viewing the world with problems that need to be solved collectively um, and not just for your own sort of you know, selfish endeavour. Mm. Um, and the third part is community, culture and connection um, and collaboration. Um, all of the C's. Um, we've already mentioned the other C word of COVID, so we'll stick with the, all the other C's to, to change. The it. good C's. Let's stick with the, the great C's. C's. The good C's. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'll put Chris in there as well. That's also. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. But you're right, though, because community has, um, for me anyway, from a personal perspective, and I know, you know, in my community, because it is becoming such an important thing, that was one of the things that really highlighted me. I thought, oh, great, I've got this amazing community. But actually, when I stopped and looked, I thought, whoa. I need to take another look at this. And, you know, I actually did have original studies in year 11 and 12. I loved it. I had the privilege of spending time with elders. Um, it's something that I always go back to. I just had a client that actually is in Aboriginal culture and, you know, that's something she's developing in her life. So that was amazing for that to emerge during working with her and hearing about, you know, that stuff and her spiritual connection. But you're so right, though. When we can look back just into the tribal basic life, man, I gotta say, they knew their right. shit, man. Like they knew what they were doing, and I just look right. at what we've done and think. And I've said this to you before: we haven't evolved. Like I'm sorry, I know that we think we have, but that's very egotistical. We actually, at a soul level, haven't evolved. <laughs> Still running on the mouse wheel. So you know, I love it—the storytelling and and coming to that community because community also keeps you honest. It also keeps you grateful and it also keeps you grounded and compassionate and because it keeps you authentic because your community knows you and they call you on your shit. <laughs> they also help you own your shit and move through it and, you know, there's lots of stuff that they can do. But that's beautiful. Um, I'm, thank you so much for your time. It's always amazing love the conversations that we have and uh, i've even taken little notes for myself today so thanks for that big thumbs up but i always end with asking you the final three what's so uh, would that be okay we do that go for it yeah beautiful so what is well-being to you Uh, that, that is actually tougher than, than what you say. And and I say this because I worked in wellbeing. Yeah, mm. but working with the Mayo Clinic specifically on that wellbeing piece, their clinical definition of wellbeing is very different to what I would kind of consider yeah. it to be. But um, I think for me, in one word, um, mm. so ignore all that bubble I just gave you, alignment. It, it's so true. Yes. All right. What are your must-do well-being practices? Daily well-being practices. Uh, pack, unpack, and pause. They're good ones. And what impact does it have on your life having a well-being focus? Um. Uh, 
I was about to say a very timely question in the context of what's just happened with Shane Warne and that piece around 52 years old, just passed away. The sense of mortality that comes certainly from anyone who's male, pale and stale like myself, someone like the, uh, you know, like, like Shane Warne, you know, passing away at 52 makes you sit back and kind of look and think, wow, that's what happens if you live life in full rock star mode, uh, you know, for a while. You know, that's a young age to go. Mm. Yeah, for, for somebody who was at the peak of his sport, considered to be, you know, the, the, the best of what he did for a time to then be passing away at that level of age. I think there's a lot of people in the same sort of age bracket as myself sitting back over the last few days, just sort of taking pause on that. And the, the sense of mortality that comes from it um, is not just the lifestyle decision that you need to make underneath that. Um, but I think it's also that recognition of just how short life is. Yeah, um, Just that piece of, of, of just how fragile uh, everything is and how quickly it can go um, and ultimately you know what are we what are we saying is it's not about you know taking more it's about giving more and mm. when you finally kind of get to that piece around oh wow that feels right that, that actually makes me feel kind of you know warm and fuzzy inside then you know where you're meant to be and kind of where that's meant to, to go so um yeah that's unpacking it a little bit further but i think yeah that's no i love it the context of where the news has just come out on that it's uh yeah yeah i think it's a time for us to all pause and kind of just consider those pieces yeah I look I often have great little thoughts walking my dog um most mornings and it was literally and I asked myself this question am I enjoying my life is there something more that I could do to enjoy it not at the cost of anyone else but you know we are born to enjoy ourselves and our life so do whatever you can to do that not to step on anybody else or you know like because if you're enjoying your life it's not going to be negatively impacting mm -hmm. anybody else mm -hmm. um and it'll come with a great sense of well-being and a great sense of success that's another conversation entirely what that is another conversation, yeah. yeah but i love that thank you so much i mean look you're always so generous and and I what I do appreciate is because I talk about a lot of this in my business is there's a lot of uh, masculine feminine coming out but the true aspect of what that is so I do want to honor the fact that you sit in your beautiful masculine so wonderfully and share so authentically and sit in a vulnerability and, and be so open about who you are where you are and what you do absolutely i just want to honor that from me to you chris because that's amazing um so if you're listening or you're watching today absolutely this is a really beautiful connected conversation sitting in a great balance of yin and yang which is phenomenal <laughs> thank you so much for your time it's been brilliant thank thanks so much yes <laughs> thanks so much for sharing your time with us today i hope you've enjoyed this conversation please remember to like and share and comment below and subscribe and i'll look forward to seeing you next time on connected conversations bye for now this and the innovation crowd please find the link in the bio or head to the city of casey website to connect with me head to emmamuir.com enjoy your day and thanks for sharing your time